You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. The FAA attributes its January NOTAM outage. Malicious one-note attachments are appearing in phishing campaigns. The Vast Flux ad campaign has been disrupted. Ukraine moves toward closer cybersecurity collaboration with NATO. Rick Howard considers the best of 2022. Deep into Sci from Zscaler looks at VPN risk. And finally, we're betting you want alerts for sportsbook customers and online gamers. From the CyberWire studios at Data Tribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Monday, January 23rd, 2023. The Wall Street Journal reported late last week that the FAA has traced the cause of this month's NOTAM outage to an error committed by IT contractors during synchronization of backup files. The journal wrote, The Federal Aviation Administration said Thursday that a contractor working for the air safety regulator had unintentionally deleted computer files used in a pilot alert system, leading to an outage that disrupted U.S. air traffic last week. The agency, which declined to identify the contractor, said its personnel were working to correctly synchronize two databases, a main one and a backup used for the alert system when the files were unintentionally deleted. Bleeping Computer reports that criminals are using OneNote files attached to malicious spam emails to install remote-access Trojans, the Quasar rat among them, OneNote doesn't use macros, and so malicious files have in many cases escaped detection by the usual technical screening tools. The attachments do generate a familiar general warning, stating, Opening attachments could harm your computer and data. Don't open it unless you trust the person who created the file. But experience shows that many users regard the warning as pro forma background noise, and click through anyway, thereby installing the rat. The vast flux ad fraud operation has been disrupted by researchers at the security firm Human. Most of the affected apps were developed for iOS. The researchers write, At its peak, vast flux accounted for more than 12 billion bid requests a day, More than 1,700 apps and 120 publishers were spoofed, and the scheme ran inside apps on nearly 11 million devices. It made money through click fraud, stacking large numbers of invisible ads beneath visible advertising banners. 
Up to 25 video ads would run behind the user's active window. Human Security's description of the campaign portrays a criminal enterprise that operated with a degree of sophistication. The name Human gave the operation VastFlux, for example, alludes to the fast-flux technique the criminals employed to evade defenses by rapidly moving across a large number of IP addresses and DNS records associated with a single domain. It also showed considerable familiarity with the online advertising sector. Human writes, The fraudsters behind the vast-flux operation have an intimate understanding of the digital advertising ecosystem. They evaded ad verification tags, making it harder for this scheme to be found. So, vast flux is down, for now anyway, and bravo to Human and its partners for the takedown. But as the researchers note, the perpetrators remain unidentified, and they can be expected to attempt a comeback. So continued vigilance is in order, but cooperative defense of this kind has one signal virtue. It makes the hoods work harder to pull off a successful grift. Turning briefly to the cyber phases of Russia's war against Ukraine, last week Ukraine signed an agreement to join NATO's Cooperative Cyber Defense Center of Excellence. The CCDCOE is based in Tallinn, Estonia. Ukraine's accession to the center will become official once the center's current members sign the agreement, but that agreement is widely expected to come swiftly. Closer cooperation is seen as benefiting both Ukraine and NATO, Natalia Kachuk, who directs information security and cybersecurity at Ukraine's National Security and Defense Council, told The Record, Ukraine's experience is unique, and we are ready to share it with our allies. From the public-private partnership and effective involvement of cyber volunteers to methods of detecting and neutralizing cyber attacks from Russia. Russian cyber attacks against Ukraine have fallen well short of expectations during Russia's war, but according to The Hill, that's not for lack of trying. Ukrainian officials put the number of cyber attacks against their country during 2022 at more than 2,000, with most of them originating in Russia. Yuri Shigal, head of the State Service for Special Communications and Information Protection, said in a media availability covered by Reuters, Essentially, all hackers who work with Russia, most of them don't even hide their affiliation. They are all funded by the FSB, Russia's Federal Security Service, are on military service, or are in the employ of those agencies. Breaking Defense says U.S. officials warned late last week that while there are reasons for optimism, it's important for organizations to keep their guard up and to recognize that Ukraine has for several years worked to perfect its defenses in ways that not many other countries have. So, hey everybody, do you bet on sports? Neither do we. But if you did, you might want to check your six, as they say over in the Air Force. One of the after-effects from the MailChimp breach disclosed on January 13th has been the possible compromise of personal information over at the FanDuel sportsbook site, Bleeping Computer reports that FanDuel has found that audience data for 133 customers has been exposed and that those customers should be on the alert for account takeover attempts and phishing. As has been reported in connection with the recent MailChimp breach, the numbers of affected individuals didn't appear to be particularly large. The data isn't as sensitive as it might be, apparently consisting only of customer names and email addresses, 
but of course even slim information can be of use in social engineering attempts. And finally, gamers, be ready for trouble the next time you squad up. Gaming website Rock Paper Shotgun reports chatter that modders are abusing remote code cheats to alter opponents' stats and disable accounts in Rockstar Games' Grand Theft Auto. The gaming news outlet Video Games published a public service announcement yesterday that warned, you may want to hold off playing GTA Online on PC for now, as a new exploit gives hackers complete control over your account, and there's not much you can do about it. The news about Rockstar, whose most famous title is Grand Theft Auto, comes from gamer chatter on Twitter and news accounts. Video Games describes the possible effects. The exploit lets hackers alter your character, change and remove stats, and even outright ban or delete your account. That's not the only case being reported. In an unrelated incident, Riot Games tweeted late Friday... Earlier this week, systems in our development environment were compromised via a social engineering attack. We don't have all the answers right now, but we wanted to communicate early and let you know there is no indication that player data or personal information was obtained. Dot Esports says that the attack preceded the start of various leagues in the League of Legends esports circuit. You know what? It occurs to us that FanDuel can let you place bets on esports. Not that you necessarily would, of course, but, you know, it's possible, or so we hear. Not that we would, you know. Coming up after the break, Rick Howard considers the best of 2022. Deep and Desai from Zscaler looks at VPN risk. Stay with us. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. 
Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And it is always my pleasure to welcome back to the program Rick Howard. He is the CyberWire's chief security officer and also our chief analyst. But more important than any of that, he is the host of the CSO Perspectives show. Uh, exactly and Rick, right, if you're, Dave. <laughs> if, you're, if you're showing up here, that must mean that CSO Perspectives over on the pro side of the CyberWire is cranking up for a new season. So what do you got in store for us here today, Rick? That's right, my friend. Okay, it's CSO Perspectives. It's starting its 12th season, if you can believe that. I can't. First of all, CyberWire has only been seven years. So you're you're like multiple seasons per year, right? It's kind of like dog years, you know, just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, and so we have the interns, you know, locked up in the bowels of the CyberWire Sanctum Sanctorum, and they've been working on some fantastic stories. But for this week, we are looking back in 2022 and highlighting some of the best podcasts and books that help me understand the cybersecurity landscape with a little more clarity. So I call this being a student of the cybersecurity game. Mm. Well, I know you are a big book guy uh, with all of your volunteer work over on the Cybersecurity Canon Project. Uh, What was your favorite cybersecurity book of 2022? Well, I knew you were going to ask me that, so I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to pick two, Dave, right? The the best cybercrime book that I've read in the past decade is Andy Greenberg's latest called Tracers in the Dark. Right, right. You you interviewed Andy about that book right before the holiday break. Actually, I, I listened to that just recently. A, a, quite a story there. It's an amazing story, right? And it's it's about a group of researchers first, then entrepreneurs, and then law enforcement officials, and how they figured out how to trace accounts on the Bitcoin blockchain that resulted in a series of high-profile arrests in the cyber underworld. And the bottom line here, Dave, is if you thought your Bitcoin history was anonymous, think again, because it is decidedly not. They figured out a to determine all that stuff, right? So watch out, all you people in the cyber underground. The second book I really want to uh, highlight here is George Finney's Project Zero. That that makes sense because I know that uh, zero trust is one of your key strategies you've been talking about for a while on the podcast. Yeah, and George is uh, one of the smartest cybersecurity practitioners on the planet. And as you would expect from George, his practical descriptions of the key elements of the zero trust philosophy are just perfect. So in this episode of CSO Perspectives, we talk about those two books and a bunch of other books and podcasts that I found valuable last year. All right. Well, that is on the CSO Perspectives uh, Pro on the subscription side of our network. What's going on over on the public side? Yeah, every season we roll out old episodes in the CSO Perspectives archives, and to allow our listeners a chance to see what they're missing uh, by not being a pro subscriber. And so this <laughs> week, she, yeah, you know, because we got to get the cash coming in. You know, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> the suits down the hall, you know, the, the, the bean yeah, counters. The they got to got to make them happy. It makes it all happen. Yeah, exactly right. And so this week's show is a Rick the Toolman episode from May of 2022. It's everything you ever wanted to know about the relatively new idea called Software Bill of Materials, or SBOMs. Ah, uh, yes, very good. Well, that is over on the CSO Perspectives public feed. Before I let you go, uh, what is the phrase of the week over on the Word Notes podcast? 
Yeah, this week's word is CERT with an I for cyber incident response teams. And we tried to clear up the industry confusion on what exactly is the difference between a CERT with an I, a CERT with an E for computer emergency response team, and a SOC for a security operations center. And we even have a cool clip from an old TV show, Dave, and I know you appreciate. Do you remember 24 with Jack Bauer sure. and all that? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, yeah, it's a fantastic show. And they have a cert with an I in action. So you need to come listen to that. All right. Well, you can check it all out. It's on our website, thecyberwire.com. That's CSO Perspectives. Rick Howard, thanks for joining us. And joining me once again is Deepan Desai. He is the global CISO and head of security research and operations at Zscaler. Uh, Deepan, it's always great to welcome you back to the show. I want to touch today on uh, the report that you and your colleagues recently released. This is your 2022 VPN risk report. What can you share with us today? Thank you, Dave. Thank you for having me here. Uh, and what a perfect topic to kick off the discussion. So, uh, the VPN report that we published uh, involved Threat Labs team looking at some of the attacks uh, over the past couple of years where uh, VPN was being targeted as one of the entry points. And as part of this uh, research, we spoke to hundreds of cybersecurity professionals uh, to get their insight as well when it comes to the state of VPN and uh, you know the rise in VPN vulnerabilities and, and, and the threat landscape. Uh, that's targeting that. Uh, so some of the key findings, 78% of the organizations that we spoke with are concerned about ransomware attacks, uh, which is not surprising because many of the ransomware attacks, as we have seen in several high-profile breaches, starts with uh, you know targeting that VPN concentrator or leveraging a compromised credential to get inside the network. And because of the way VPN is architected, it brings the user on the same network as your business critical applications, which allow threat actor to perform lateral movement and, and achieve the targets. 65% of companies uh, were already considering VPN alternatives. Uh, about 44% of the organizations reported increase in exploits targeting their VPN infrastructure since adopting the remote work. Um, this again aligns with what we're hearing from U.S. CERT and various regional agencies that um, there are dozens of uh, threat actor groups that are specifically going after, um, you know, VPN concentrators uh, to get a foothold inside the environment. Now, I'm curious when it comes to the providers of VPNs themselves. You know, I think particularly. On the consumer side, it's fair to say there's a wide spectrum in the quality of the providers there. On the B2B side, are, are things better? Is it is it easier for folks to shop around and, and find a high-quality VPN provider? Yeah, so I, I do see, uh, you know, two types of VPN uh, being mixed up <laughs> by most folks, right? So the consumer side, I mean, the, the regular user, when they think of VPN, they're, they're looking to anonymize, uh, right? Uh, for privacy reasons, they would they would rely on some of these VPN providers when they're visiting internet-bound destinations. So th those are anonymizer VPN kind, kind of services that provide privacy to the end user. Mm -hmm. So there's no tracking, there's no 
um, you know, a source uh, profiling uh, being done. The VPN that we're talking about as part of this report are the one that provides uh, remote access to your uh, your corporate environment, to your business applications. Right? That's the VPN we're, we're focusing on for this report. And it's not about uh, you know good quality VPNs or or one vendor is better than the other. It's it's inherently the underlying architecture. It's it's several decade old, right? And the the concept of bringing a user on the same network as other users, as well as your your applications, even if you have ACLs and other criterias defined, what we're starting to see is threat actors will weaponize the payload with zero-day exploits. And then once they're on the network, they will exploit those vulnerabilities and and gain escalated privileges and move laterally. So it's the architecture uh, that is being exploited. Uh, and that's where um, you know most of these organizations are looking to move towards zero trust. So one of the stat of the report calls out 80% of the organizations are already in the process of adopting Zero trust, which is um, which is a perfect alternative to VPNs. So, what are your recommendations then? I mean, based on the information that you all gathered in this report, uh, what would you say to folks out there who are either using VPNs or considering it, or, or I suppose, as, as your report points out, some folks are looking for alternatives. Yeah. So, one of the uh, easiest way to think about how are you improving your security posture, how are you providing secure remote access to your business critical application is what if one of those endpoints that's trying to connect to your your internal uh, systems right it could be your employee endpoint is compromised right is infected or one of your user identity were to get compromised you need to ask yourself a question what is the blast radius from that machine that is coming in uh, through VPN, right, or, or any technology for that matter, and that basically will clearly outline the advantages uh, that uh, a true zero trust solution provides. And the reason I gave this example was there's a lot of noise out there, even when it comes to usage of uh, zero trust. Uh, right, every other vendor is saying they're they're a zero trust solution. So in order to think holistically, like ask yourself this question, whatever technology you're adopting, is it providing you true user to app and app to app segmentation that will reduce the blast radius from a single compromised asset? And if the answer is yes, then you're doing it right. right? If the answer is like, oh, it will require me to set up these networking rules, firewall rules, um, you know, that, that's an that's a, that's a old way of doing it. All right. Well, interesting information for sure. Deepin Desai, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. 
Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. Don't forget to check out the Grumpy Old Geeks podcast where I contribute to a regular segment called Security. Ah, I join Jason and Brian on their show for a lively discussion of the latest security news every week. You can find Grumpy Old Geeks where all the fine podcasts are listed. The CyberWire podcast is a production of N2K Networks, proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. This episode was produced by Liz Irvin and senior producer Jennifer Iben. Our mixer is Trey Hester, with original music by Elliot Peltzman. The show was written by John Petrick. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmazas here, your host over at T-Minus Space Daily and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans, too. We here at N2K CyberWire work hard to bring you concise, intelligence-driven news and commentary, and we'd like to know how we're doing. Please take a few minutes to complete our audience survey and share your feedback to help us continue to grow and meet your needs. Visit cyberwire.com slash survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey to get started. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the dark net, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire.